Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. One. You are now listening to the Half a Bird Sports Show. Yo, welcome to the Half a Bird Sports Show. You have so many options for high-flying entertainment, yet you chose to ride with us, and we appreciate that. Your host, Jimmy, along with myself, Jay, bringing you the sports opinions you need to adopt immediately. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to. So, hey, Jimmy, what's on today's school lunch menu? The Ravens took down the Pats, and they're feeling good because John Harbaugh outcoached the Dark Hood. The Seahawks got Gordon. Yeah, I thought they should. Fire Adam Gay. Jets, yeah, I wish you would. At the end of overtime, Russell Wilson stood. D12 dominating on the hardwood. So Draymond did push Durant out for good. And the Browns did something I didn't think they could. I'll explain splat, later. Splat. Oh, beautiful stuff. Welcome to the Half a Bird Sports Show. Myself and Jimmy. What's up? Doing we do best, talking at the sides of our neck. You can check us out wherever podcasts are downloaded, listening to, rate us, review us, give us five stars. If you don't think we deserve five, give us five anyway. Gifted. Gifted. Uh, loaded show as usual. We got a lot of material to talk about as Jimmy did through the intro. So, Jimmy, you have yourself a good weekend? I did. I had a good weekend. Uh, it was good hanging with you all. Yeah, it's had a great night. weekend hanging with the bros. Yeah, yeah, it was. We kicked it, watched college football, watched what? the fight, yeah, which was, was... I can never say his name correctly. Masvidal? 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 Yeah, versus Diaz. Yeah. Mas- Mazdaval, Mazdaval, yeah. I mean, overall, that was a good fight. Right? It didn't yeah, end the way it didn't end the way we wanted to because no. of the technicality. But did you think it was a good fight? Yeah, it was a pretty good fight. It was it was, a, it was entertaining to start, and then it got to got really really slow. And I think that was when the cut happened, and then at yeah. that point, it looked like it was more disheveled than it was an actual fight. Uh huh. I agree. So um, at that, I wasn't tripping, but it was good time. Mm-hmm. So definitely worth our time being together. And like I said, I appreciate you, LB Tim, hosting the Zeta Sigma chapter fifty year anniversary. Yes, blase blase blase. So. Um. Yeah, let's get started, man. Uh, game of the the weekend, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny? I was looking through everything as I was kind of prepping for material and trying to put together topics for what we can talk about today for you all. And I really looked through, and there's really nothing really happened this weekend besides. <laughs> <laughs> really, I mean, there's a lot of bash fest opportunities here, but there yeah. really wasn't much to really go in depth on. Nothing to really truly discuss. There wasn't much of a dialogue outside of. Mm-hmm. Sunday night's game between the Ravens and the Patriots. Right. So, as you saw, the Ravens defeated the Patriots 37 to 20. Solid, solid performance by everybody out there. Uh-huh. Uh, Lamar Jackson had, what, 169 passing yards? Oh, yeah, 163, one passing touchdown. One passing touchdown, and he rushed for 81 yards and two touchdowns, right? Either 61 or 81, yes. Yes, yes. So, so statistically, Lamar had himself. Well, 60, it was 61. Yeah. But uh, Mark Ingram was the, really the tail of that night. 15 carries for 115. Mm-hmm. Um, booting it up. And the Ravens did what a lot of people didn't expect them to be at three-point dogs beating the hoodie so jimmy i asked you the question you've been asking me are the ravens a threat 
to the Patriots in the AFC. Yes, they are, but it's funny because I'm going to kind of contradict myself. It's not because they beat them that they're the biggest threat, but it is because they it's because the Patriots lost. Okay. That they're the biggest threat. Here's the reason why. So right now in the loss column, the Patriots obviously have their first loss, and the Ravens have two losses. So if New England loses another, and they most likely will over somewhere over these next four to five games, then they'll be tied with Baltimore in the loss column. And if it ends up being that way to where they are tied at the end of the season with Baltimore, Baltimore will have the tiebreaker, yeah. and then that will force the playoffs to go through uh, Baltimore as opposed to having to go through Foxborough. And I have reasons why I definitely think it can happen that I want to share with you, but just kind of initially, that's what I think. I think that because of what this does in the loss column to New England, I think that uh, now Ravens, for that reason, as it pertains to playoff seeding, is the biggest threat to them. I can see that. I don't I don't feel like the Ravens are a threat to the Patriots. And here's my, here's my logic behind it. And mm. similar to you, mm. I'm basically going to contradict myself. <laughs> The Patriots have a clear path to literally the playoffs and a first-round bye. They don't really have much competition in between. Now, these next four weeks are going to be their toughest, mm-hmm. from Lamar Jackson to uh, what they got Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun, they Watson. Had Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott. and Dak Prescott. Yeah. Basically, in the next four, not in that order, but they have those four coming up. This is the toughest part of their schedule. Yeah. So out of there, I can see at least one loss. Uh, most, most likely out of Deshaun Watson or even if Mahomes is healthy enough he can make it a second loss but after that they're going to skate all the way through so that, I see them being at least 13-3 and three. Mm-hmm. I don't see the Ravens ending up 13-3 and three to wow. be able to surpass them so that's the, that's the, that's, that's the piece the, also the, the next layer to that is similar to you said the Patriots lost this game Bill Belichick said before this game started that he doesn't have a single person on his roster who can mimic what Lamar Jackson is as a quarterback. So for him, as far as scheming goes, it was damn near impossible to figure this out. And so going into this game, this is kind of one of the reasons why I picked it into our Frozen Five was – Belichick had one problem. Mm. Well, he had one quarterback that really gave him fits in the past, and you remember who that is, right? It's Colin Kaepernick. He yeah. ate them alive in Foxborough. It was because Belichick didn't have a guy to mimic who he was as well. Flip over to this situation, you got Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson may be the quarterback, but the offensive coordinator is Greg Roman, who was also Colin Kaepernick's offensive coordinator. So for that, he was able to schematically put that run together so well that the Patriots had an issue. So to answer that question, I don't think the Ravens are going to be a threat to them mm-hmm. when it comes to this because this loss is actually a good thing for the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, it all hinges on what we talk about as, as far as threats. So when I thought of what, I, what was meant by threat, it's are they a threat to take the number one seed from them? Yes, they are. But if they meet in the playoffs, whether that's in Foxborough or in Baltimore, then I don't think this team can beat them. I don't think a second-year quarterback can take down Brady and Belichick because, see, it's like – like the Patriots and Belichick, they're kind of a lot like Batman. If you pay attention to Batman, like what will happen is Batman is at his most vulnerable the first time he faces somebody. Yes. Because he doesn't know exactly what to expect. He doesn't know exactly what he can do. But if he survives that fight – 
The next time that he comes up against you, he already has it figured out. You've already lost, even though you don't know it. So now that they have faced and seen in prime time what Lamar Jackson can do, the next time they face him, they're going to be so much more prepared. And they actually kind of did start to figure it out in the second quarter because they realized the most important thing to do with Lamar Jackson is to contain him running as opposed to him passing. They lived with him passing. They could not live with him running and putting up first downs. So now that they've seen that and now that they understand that, they're going to be able to to be better prepared for when they face him again. And I honestly think in the playoffs this year, they will face him again. They will. I can see them seeing them, if not in the AFC Championship, at least the divisional, in between somewhere they're going to meet. So the, the the Ravens have the Texans, Rams, and 49ers left. And the one thing we have to look back on is the way that um, the, the way that the way that the Patriots prepare against their, their threats is, is with Bill Belichick, we all know, is he takes away your best weapon. Yeah. The problem is he realizes that you technically can't take away Lamar Jackson because you can force him to pass, but if you force him to pass, you have to contain, and he actually does a pretty good job of hitting certain spots yeah, he does. that you're not prepared for. But at the same time, no matter who you have spying him, they're not fast enough to catch him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, it hence this, the the moves he put. I mean, you saw the you saw basically the the the, the R two button hit on that run I when did. he ran up the left side. He literally just hit the little skip juke move and it, boom, was, it was straight up. It was very subtle. It was subtle. It was the perfect R two button in uh, NBA. Actually, R one is what it is in uh, Madden back in the day. He hit that juke button, boom, and kept going up. So Belichick didn't have the opportunity to really scheme up what he wanted to beat him. But at the same time, I was talking about this before actually uh, the game went on is I felt like this is kind of what Belichick wanted Mm -hmm. because like he said, there's nobody out there on his team right now that he can use to mimic what Lamar Jackson does. So what do you do? You get game film of playing against Lamar Jackson. Now he knows he has the film that he needs to understand ways to stop this offense. So unless Greg Roman is prepared to really scheme up something new to keep the running game going, in which we're not even talking about Mark Ingram and how great he was, if he can put together an, a, 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 a setup to where he can completely stop the run, I feel like they'll beat the Ravens on the next go around. Yeah, I think he has to because it's funny that you said uh, you picked – which team did you pick to go 13-3, and three, the Patriots? Yes. Because that's exactly what I have them both going. I think they're both going to finish 13-3 and three because the Ravens already have two losses. Yep. I'm picking them to lose against the 49ers, and they have some other tough games. They have the Texans. They have the Rams and the Bills. Back but to I back think, to back. That's four yeah, straight games. I think that that's the one game they're going to lose or it could be one of the other ones, whereas the Patriots, I think they're going to drop both of those games to the Texans and to the Chiefs back to back and then win the rest of their schedule after that and they both go 13 and 3 so I think it sets up for a more interesting and more adverse uh, playoff structure for New England if they do end up having to go through Baltimore as opposed to uh, everybody going through Foxborough so what about the Chiefs do you think the Chiefs are going to come back to being a threat now that Patrick Mahomes looks like he's going to be back within the next week or two no because I don't think he's going to be 100% they have problems in terms of the run defense they can't run the ball they have too many they have too many weaknesses that the teams that they're, they're going to have to beat, the Ravens and the Patriots, don't have. So to me, of the three, they're the weakest. I know Mahomes is great, but again, he's not going to be 100%, probably more so mentally than physically in terms of his knee. But I just don't think that this is their year for that reason. Too much has gone wrong that w- that didn't go wrong last year. Well, uh, yeah, true, but Mahomes 
They're taking their time bringing him back. Uh, Matt Moore is a capable backup. I said that in my Frozen That's Five uh, updates, mm-hmm. and he looked like it like this past week, yesterday. He looked like it on Sunday. He looked like a capable backup who's able to just keep the ball rolling, and he's also still got all of those weapons. Good. So, so you think Mahomes is a threat to both Lamar Jackson and Tom Brady? Yes, because he's really hard to scheme for. But I think Lamar Jackson is the hardest one to scheme for. Because oh, look, Patrick Mahomes is definitely your mobile quarterback he's more of a he's more of a baseball player than he is really you know at the he's a baseball player at the quarterback position and he shows it in the way that he runs and plays right problem that they're running to with Lamar Jackson is he's legitimately a cheat code he's not someone you can't fully scheme for you can scheme for Patrick Mahomes even though with his arm strength and his ability to move and be mobile you can scheme well enough because I mean the Patriots proved it they beat Patrick Mahomes they were able to in a way shut him down the last time they played last season mm-hmm. but they couldn't. You can't do that with Lamar Jackson. You have to have pure game film in order to prepare for that. So we'll see where that goes. But other things that we like to go right into here is the news. And now Jimmy has the news. Thank you, Wendy. <clears throat> All right, Miami Dolphins fans, congratulations. Your team got their first win of the season yesterday, beating the hapless New York Jets 26-18. to um, and in typical Dolphins fashion, as you're riding high on your first victory, then the ball definitely drops two times over the next day, as it was announced today, that your top receiver, a rookie, I think it's Preston Williams, was lost to a torn ACL, and your starting running back, Mike Walton, has been suspended four games for multiple arrests over the last year. Um, so I guess my question, somewhat unrelated, well, it really is an Adam Gase question. Is Gase going to make it through this season as the coach of the Jets? I hope not, but he will. They, they give coaches like him a chance. He's the quote-unquote general manager and all of that. They're oh, not really? going to just fire him. He's the general manager? I think he fired. Right, he got somebody fired, him. yeah. So he can't fire himself. Yeah, right, exactly. But maybe if they continue to lose, he will just fire himself. No, he won't. He won't fire himself? Nah, why? Uh, it'd be fun take, to see. Maybe as well take somebody's money. That'd be the first time someone fires themselves. That's just true. Like, I wonder what that exit interview is like. You yeah. just stand in front of a mirror. You just look at yourself. <laughs> and just say all the bad things you did. You worthless pieces. All right. Up next, uh... Speaking with the theme of bad news for fans, uh, Houston Rockets fans, uh, your team stands at 3-3, three and three, but one of y'all needs to explain to us the loss you took yesterday in Miami, losing 129-100 to the Miami Heat, who are better, who are actually 5-1 and one right now, but, I mean, nowhere near as talented and capable as Russell Westbrook and James Harden. So, Jay, what would you say is the number one reason why this Rockets team lost in Miami yesterday? Oh, uh, they don't care. They don't play with urgency. It doesn't seem like they're really that interested. I mean, D'Antoni's got to figure out how to mesh both of them, both of the players, and he's got to stop staggering them as if they can't play on the court together. Mm-hmm. Figure it out. Be I'm a coach. Say, I'm going to say it's Miami. I'm going to say, you know, James Harden, he fancies himself as a gentleman's club connoisseur. So I'm going to say that he probably took all of his teammates, especially the young ones and young rookies, probably aren't even old enough to drink, to uh, a local the best hot spot, spot, the best spot in Miami. And they were out to about uh, 30 minutes before tip-off. Yeah, and, and it was a what, Saturday night game or Sunday night game? It was, yeah, Sunday during the day, right? Oh, yeah, Sunday during the day. So, yeah, yeah so he went out Saturday. Ooh, yeah, I can see that. No legs. Hey, uh, nightlife is undefeated. <laughs> That's right. Just like by the time. All right, up next, uh, Colts fans, Jacoby Brissett uh, was lost for the game yesterday. He has an MCL sprain, which is usually a two- to three-week injury at minimum. Um, he's still undetermined as to whether or not he's going to play this Sunday, but he's not going to play. So without him and with Brian Georgetown Hoyer starting in his place over the next two to three games, can this Colts team still keep pace with the Texans in the division? Depends. If their kicker can actually figure it out, they might not. But I think Hoyer's capable. Hoyer's always been a capable backup. True. And when I say capable backup, that means that you have the ability of 
stepping in and doing good things for a couple of games. You don't need to take over the whole season. A full season of film on you means the team's going to lose. But I think Hoyer can handle it. All right, we got time for one more? Yeah, we got one more. All right, real quick. Uh, the Seahawks claim Josh Gordon off of waivers on Friday. Okay. Uh, he will most likely make his season debut next Monday night against the 49ers. A big game for that division. Huge game. Um, how big of an impact do you think he makes once he does take the field for Seattle? Oh, it's going to be huge. That's going to give Russell Wilson yet another weapon who's actually a deep threat and can catch anywhere. Oh. Add him with DK Metcalf the where he's playing. In and Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett, who was just unguardable oh, yesterday. Tulsa boys. Got to love it. They're going <laughs> to yeah, they're gonna clock in on him. All right. I agree. That's it. That's the news. And that was Jimmy with the news. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Bob. Oh, man. Yeah, that was – ooh, ooh, buddy, Josh – it's going to be fun. Yeah. Thank you, Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett, for getting me destroyed in the one fantasy league that I care the most about. Oh, yeah. You you got – oh, and God. Now I'm not going to be the number one seed anymore. Great. Great. Everything's great. Actually, you are. You're good. No, I'm not. Because I'm going to be tied with several other teams. With the team that beat me, he's going to have the points edge. Actually, I think he's four and four. He's I'm four six and, four. and two. Yeah. So I'm you're going to be three. You, did you win? You no, won. I'm getting my butt kicked. Guess why? Why? DK Metcalf. What? Yes. So you he so stacked you. with you, Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson, <laughs> right. and had DK Metcalf <laughs> against me. Beat me alive. And Juju Smith Schuster didn't show up. Neither did, <sighs> neither did Stephon Diggs. Neither did Christian Kirk. Whoa, None of jobs. them. Nobody on my team showed up this week. Some so basically, like I, I had the opportunity to take the number one spot, yes. and I just dropped. Oh. Yes. Well, you are the defending champ, so you'll figure out a way. Ah, uh, yeah. Hippopotamus yeah. spit. Anyway, <laughs> moving forward. <laughs> All right, wait, so Jimmy, this this past Sunday was a crazy uh, Sunday, mainly filled with a bunch of disappointments. It seemed like the oh. teams that we expected to do something, especially like in our Frozen Five, <laughs> they just everybody is just pooping the bed, dude. Oh. Okay, so the Browns took a big L. Uh huh. Which I don't understand how that worked. The Packers took an L, and that one was bad. They just got Devontae Adams back, so you you expected with Devontae that they were going to actually be able to put up numbers because Aaron Rodgers has been doing without him. Aaron Jones has been doing without him. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, they get him back. I mean, Adam Jones, when you, you get back Devontae, they forget how to play football. The the Colts playing up against a backup quarterback in Mason Rudolph, and they've had a great season so far. Jacoby Brissett gets hurt, no problem. Hoyer's out there putting in work. But their kicker, Adam Vinatieri, cannot – he can't kick anymore. Uh-uh. He his age is kicked in, and then of course my Tampa Bay Buccaneers out there. I I, I was looking at. It, I was like, man, I should pick them because Seattle keeps games close all the time. And Frozen Five and and Westgate had the line at minus four and a half, and I was like, nah, I'm gonna go ahead and take Seattle. Nah, I'm not gonna touch this game because you know I stay away from Ike. That's my Ike. I consider Tampa Bay my Ike. They're up there beating up on Seattle. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. I might have been wrong, and they still lose. So Jimmy, in your thought, in your mind, who's the biggest appointment, biggest disappointment this past weekend? You know, the easy answer, the you know, the sports show circuit answer is the Cleveland Browns. But for reasons that I might mention later on, it's not the Cleveland Browns. It's the Green Bay Packers. Because, you know, and we, we don't really like to talk about stats so much on the show because that's nerd stuff. You know, we enjoy that, but a lot of listeners don't, you know, and yeah. stats can be manipulated. But Unless we I get mean, a cold following enough that right. people are telling us, give us more stats. Yeah. But we there, don't want but to. But there are some stats in this game that shows you just how poorly, just how much the Packers didn't show up to their own home game in L.A. Case in point, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> They're on home game Because Aaron Rodgers is from L.A. He's from California, yes, too. Yes. Case in point, Aaron Rodgers, who supposed, was supposed to have figured out 
Matt LaFleur's offense and was rolling, had 161 yards, one touchdown. Their run game, 11 carries for 45 yards, and that's it. His top receiver was Allen Lizard, who had uh, a few catches. Three, and, and, three uh, for 44. Yeah, three for 44, which is nothing. Their run defense was bad. They gave up like 160 rushing yards. They were 2-10 and 10 on third down, and – just did not show. They gave up two rushing touchdowns to Melvin Gordon, who up until this game looked like he didn't know how to play running back anymore. Yep. So they were horrible. They, they were, were atrocious. Terrible. They were atrocious. Okay, yeah. I can see that them that, to me, I agree. Especially since that dropped them to seven and two. They should have be they should be eight and one right now because yes. the way that the Chargers have been playing, even at their quote unquote home stadium with twenty thousand people in Los Angeles, they've been they have been the biggest disappointment to me this season. I figured that they were going to continue that uh, the Anthony Lamb was going to be able to continue the trend and everything, but mm-hmm. yeah, I realized that without Melvin Gordon, it's exposed them. It's exposed everything that they don't have. Now, to the Chargers' credit, what I think happened was they either installed a new offensive coordinator or they, they did. Okay, so they did. Okay, so that's what it was. So there was the type of schemes and the type of play calling that they weren't ready for. But still, that doesn't matter. Even if you're not ready for that, Aaron Rodgers can outthrow Phillip Rivers. He's been doing it his whole career. His he whole can career. throw you to a victory in your own home stadium in L.A. The fact that he threw 35 passes, completed 23 of them, and it only got 161 yards, mm-hmm. that's telling. But at the same time, it's his receivers. He, I mean, he's got Allison. He's got Jimmy Graham. He's got Vontae back. Mm-hmm. He's got everything he needs. He's got all the weapons that he yeah, needs. Aaron Rodgers was his best receiver last week. What had 160 receiving yards? Yes. He was nowhere to be found. He was in witness protection. Yes. So I'm sitting there watching this game, like, what the hell is going on? I don't know. And then when you go to the Browns, you know, they're to me. I think they followed up as the number two disappointment in all of this. And mm. and and to me, it's not even the players. It's all coaching. I'm watching the, these play calls, and this is the problem that, and this is the only reason why I defend. Baker Mayfield when it comes to this. Baker's a second year, and as a second year, you don't see second years out there really going impromptu unless you're Peyton Manning, and that's what they tell you to do. Mm-hmm. No, Baker is learning the NFL model because he's an accurate passer, so he's not going to go out there and just do his own thing. Freddie Kitchens is a very bad coach, and I normally don't say people should get fired. He should be fired. This is it. He's he's He is the reason why. You have fourth and one, and you take Nick Chubb out the game. Fourth and one. Like they'll never see this coming. like 15-yard line, and you take Nick Chubb out? Oh, yeah. He's like, they'll never see this coming. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch, watch this. this. Watch this. And, and, yeah, they saw it coming. <laughs> yeah. They saw it coming, and Baker didn't make it nowhere. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a little disturbed by that. I, that's, that. I feel like they were the biggest disappointment of the weekend. Now, to me, the Browns, they weren't. Actually, I would put them at the bottom of the biggest disappointment. Maybe I'll put them third. I'll put your Tampa Bay Buccaneers fourth in terms of disappointment because the Browns, they actually, when I mentioned in the intro that they did something I didn't think they could, what that was was they – they almost won the game. They played well despite the limitations in their coaching because they actually played well enough to win this game. Baker, you know, had 273, a touchdown, no picks, which was good. Uh, they only had five penalties, which is huge oh, yeah. for this undisciplined team. Yep. And they out first down the Broncos 21-13. to 13. The problem was that the Broncos had seven, point, had seven yards per play. The Browns had 4.8 yards per play. That's what yeah. killed them. And Chubb couldn't run the ball. But like I said last week, this Broncos defense, because of Von Miller, they have not given up. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and I'm trying to figure out why, with the, with the, with the wide receiver corp that they have, why hasn't Freddie Kitchen instilled more plays where Boda Beckham just runs and Baker chunks it to him? 
I don't. I mean, that's been the biggest to me. That's been the biggest disappointment in terms of their offensive scheme because Odell Beckham Jr. When he's on the field for your team, he's supposed to scare people. Yes, he's supposed to be up at night trying to scheme on how to stop him. He, and he looks. He looks no different than Jarvis Landry. No, nobody's no, dangerous. No fear. No nothing. Uh, there's no zero fear. So right. Yeah, they they're they're playing the way that everybody wants them to play. And I think you're being too hard on Tampa. I mean, they did the best they could. Jameis was out there. He was slinging it. He he didn't go bad. Jameis. Mike Evans looked. Fantastic. For the second week in a row, Roids. looks like Randy Moss just looks unguardable. Unguardable. But I mean, it's Russell Wilson. It's you're in Seattle. They finally figured out that they do have a 12th man home home field advantage. Took them to overtime. I mean, what's to be disappointed in that? They took them to overtime. They were up like 20. I mean, they were. Up. That is disappointing. They, they 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 had they had that was their game. They sh- they should have. Yeah. Jimmy, they should have won the game. Does it make you feel any better that Ronald Jones has been named the starting running back for the team? They were up twenty-one to seven. Is that Jimmy. a no? They were up twenty-one to seven, Jimmy. So no. They were twenty-one to seven at the half, and they go into the fourth quarter. Yeah, the, Jimmy, they were up twenty-one. I mean, yeah, but that's. I mean, we knew that that wasn't going to stay. That 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 we did. We did. They're not going to keep. We knew that they weren't going to keep that kind of a lead in Seattle. I thought they would. Yeah. Except then DK Metcalf did what he did. So I'm sorry. Whatever. Well, we do this every week. <sighs> did we have a winning league last week? Uh, as far as seven dollar challenge, yes, yes, we did early lines. Maybe let me. Check. No, I didn't. I didn't. You, win. you went three and four. I went three and four. So, so we close. but the streak was broken at three at three weeks in a row. So Jimmy's going to see if he can keep the streak going. We'll start the new streak up uh-huh. here with the seven dollar challenge. Jimmy's got questions. Which, let me ask you this though, because you know how how it comes to Jay's got answers. Yeah, that was terrible. I, yeah, you did, I you did well. It's the seven dollar <laughs> challenge. Every it's a merry time. time. All right, seven dollar challenge is presented by Football Resource. If you need information and statistics, check out the NFL Resources website. Um, Jimmy, I want to see. We're halfway through technically yes. the season. We're at week nine, and I want to see if you've been paying attention to the statistics of these players. So I'm gonna ask you seven questions about the top players in certain categories. Three choices. See what you can do. You ready? I'm ready. All right. First up, top passing yards. Who leads the league in passing? Is it Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, or Phillip Rivers? So I'm going to say it's not Brady. It's it's either Russell Wilson or Phillip Rivers. You know, I'm... I'm gonna say Philip Rivers because that's he's always up there in passing yards. I mean, he's never gonna win anything, but it's probably Philip Rivers just somehow like Matthew Stafford. Correct. Philip Rivers. Yeah, it was Philip Rivers. All right. Yeah. And, it, and and literally the gap between those three is 100 yards. <laughs> right. All right. Who leads the league in sacks right now? Is it Shaquille Barrett, Miles Garrett, or Chandler Jones? Not Chandler Jones. It's either Garrett or Barrett. Garrett or Barrett. Because uh, <laughs> Barrett, he had that. He had like seven sacks in two games. Garrett, he's been you know practically unblockable. I'm gonna say Shaquille Barrett. Correct. Correct. Literally, what are the numbers? Ten point five to ten. Ah, half a sack is the difference. And Chandler uh, Jones has nine point five. Okay, he's behind by one sack. Crazy, right? It is. That's crazy. All right. Who's? That's why you picked him up, huh? Chandler Jones. Aha. Aha. <laughs> Tops and interceptions. Richard Sherman, Devin McCourty, or Janoris Jack Rabbit Jenkins. Woo. This one's going to be a toughie. Sherman, McCourty, or Jenkins? Because literally, 
they're separated by one interception. I'm gonna because this New England because I researched New England and their interceptions uh, a couple of weeks ago for my solo show, and they had a lot already. So I'm gonna say McCordy. Correct. Nice. He is. Sherman is right behind him. And uh-huh. so is Janoris Jenkins. So yeah. obviously the Giants have some sort of a defense. Yeah. All right, we'll see. All right, Jamie, let's see if you can keep the streak going. Let's go. Top rushing yards. Just rushing yards. Who leads the league in rushing? Is it Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, or Dalvin Cook? Uh, might be Chubb. Give me those three again. Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, or Dalvin Cook? Dalvin Cook. Correct. Ah. Good job. Here's Dalvin. Christian's literally right on his tail. Mm -hmm. Top receiving yards. Cooper Cup, Michael Thomas, or Mike Evans? Cup, Thomas, or Evans? Oh, man. See, Thomas, I'm going to say he was on a bye, so it's probably not him. Cup had that 220-yard game. Evans has been killing it. Mike Evans? Incorrect. Dang it. Michael Thomas. Is Michael Thomas? <laughs> yes. Even after a bye? <laughs> yep. He still leads the league in uh, yards. Dang. Crazy. Right. But guess what? They're separated by like 60 yards. <laughs> yep. It's yep. wild. All right. Top passing touchdown since we can't get a 7-0 game. Yeah. Top passing TDs. Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, or Russell Wilson? Now, this one I, I do know for reasons I will mention later on. It's uh, Russell Wilson. Correct. It is Russell yeah. Wilson. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll do number seven. All right. We get to see if you can go six and one. Yeah. Top TDs, excluding quarterbacks who lead the league in touchdowns without the quarterback. Aaron Jones, Christian McCaffrey, or Dalvin Cook? Christian McCaffrey. Correct. Ah. Trip me up. Because Aaron Jones is only one touchdown behind him. Okay. How many does Cook have? Because he's he's got to be up there with rushing touchdowns. Eleven. It must be receiving is the reason why McCaffrey Christian, got yep. him. But Aaron Jones has 12 and Christian has 13. It's literally like right in succession with yeah. each other. So yeah, good job, Jimmy. Six and one. Appreciate that. Solid week. Solid week. Okay. Is, that, uh, is this the Night King about to score on Dallas? Uh, shut <laughs> up. This is probably the worst fantasy week I've had in a while. They happen. So, all right. Um, let's keep moving forward. All right. Our quick, our quick segment, three quick topics. Let's chop it up. Jimmy, lead us off. All right. So, uh, you know, this NBA season has been really interesting. And I'll tell you what, Jay, I've so far, I've really been into the NBA. And I think the part of the reason why is because. I've finally gotten what I've been wanting these last few years, which is to go into a season knowing that there are legitimately four to five teams who could win the championship as opposed to Golden State or whatever team LeBron is on, excluding right. last year. Um, so it's been really interesting and exciting to watch. And one of the things I do enjoy is a renaissance. When a, you see a player and you think that they're finished and then they're on a team in a situation and they're not. So case in point, Dwight Howard. I don't have his season numbers with the Lakers, but I do know in his last game against uh, the Spurs yesterday, he went for, I believe, something like 14 points, 
13 rebounds with 7-7 from the field, two blocks. And it was a pretty close game. So his contributions definitely are what helped to put him over the edge because LeBron, he had a, he had a pretty terrible game. He had like 21 points, 13 rebounds, 11 assists. That's terrible. He should have done much better. He was the reason why they almost lost LeBron was. Anthony Davis had 25. He had a pretty terrible game too. But it was Dwight Howard to really put him over the edge. So – so, yeah, last game it was 14 points, 13 rebounds, two blocks, two assists, 7% from the field in 21 minutes. Okay. So He's then, literally only missed one shot in four <laughs> games. Right. Okay, so then this begs the question. Has LeBron unlocked D12's potential or unlocked what D12 still had left in the tank, in yes, your opinion? Yes, I do. I, I feel like he, he has, and the reason why I say that is LeBron is the ultimate teammate. And I think that's the difference between where he's been in his career and who he's been around. LeBron legitimately is the ultimate teammate. And he also gives you he gives you that pep talk. Same with everybody else in the organization. That look, we're not playing no games. We're here to win. And we need you to be uh, we need you to be focused and dedicated to actually winning. And so because of that, D twelve has shown that he can come in in, in spurts and be that energy guy. And the time, the couple times I've watched him play, I watched some of that San Antonio game. I watched a little bit of the uh, Charlotte game, his quote unquote revenge game. He was out there. He he was he was showing out. He came in for his twenty something minutes. He did his work. He played mm-hmm. defense. He got rebounds. I mean, you got to remember this dude's a career double digit rebounder, mm-hmm. average. I mean, how many other players you know that could do that? For the career. Right. And then play as limited as he has in, the, in so many years. Like, this is the one year, I think last year and this year, only two years that he he wasn't averaging double-digit rebounds in the season to start. So, mm-hmm. I, I think LeBron was able to do it. You know, I would say, um, you know, if there was a, a pie with this, I would say LeBron maybe is responsible for about 20 to 25% of what Dwight Howard is doing now, primarily because he's embraced him in the way that he needs to be embraced, in the way that Kobe never embraced Dwight Howard because Kobe's brand of leadership is to bark down your neck every day in practice all throughout the game in order to get the best out of you. And that yep. doesn't work for everybody, whereas Dwight Howard, he's a, lot, he's a lot more on the sensitive side of the spectrum. So LeBron, um, you know, it's very personable. He's probably take him, you know, put his arm around him, talks to him, you know, in a non-Kobe-like way, tries to instill belief in him, and he's used that in order to probably believe in himself because he's shuffled through five or six teams in these last few years. So right. if LeBron has unlocked his potential, that's how he's done it. But at, that's how he's done it. But at the same time, I think Dwight Howard goes into the easiest situation of his career because there's no pressure on him. This is all on LeBron, AD, and Frank Vogel, the coach. So no pressure on him. He's surrounded probably by the best roster that he has ever played on, including the roster that he was the leader of when they went to the finals. And he's going up against second units, which is also very helpful in terms of the level of competition that he's facing. And probably for the first time in several years, he's fully healthy. He yeah. probably fully feels like he wants to. He feels like D12. So when you put all of that together with LeBron and how he's had a positive psychological effect on him, then you get this type of production. I mean, I watched him. He looks like – he doesn't look like old D12 was going to dominate, but he looks good. He looks spry. He looks fit. He looks into the spry. game. <laughs> so, yeah, so this is really good. T- and I've never been the biggest Dwight Howard fan at all because I've always think he's been a bit of a goofball, a bit of a clown, didn't take things as serious enough. And that's probably a big part of the reason why Kobe was on him so much. But I really like seeing this out of him because he could have hung it up and nobody would have blamed him. Like, hey, these back issues, shuffling throughout these teams. You know, I've got 
you know, I've, I've got enough accolades. Let me move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Okay. Frozen Five recap. Another losing week. <laughs> Another losing week. <laughs> this time we went two and three on me. Um, real quick recaps to give you the L's first. The Jaguars. Wow. Deshaun Watson. I would did not expect them traveling across the country, across the ocean, and doing that the way they did in Jacksonville's home field of London. I'm impressed. So they shut them down completely. So that's all. All hats off to Deshaun Watson. I won't doubt you ever again, my dude. The Vikings. I don't know why I thought Kurt 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 Cousins was going to actually win a game against a team with a winning record. Um, I'm stupid, naive for thinking that, even though it was a one o'clock kickoff. 12 central mm. that he was going to be able to win a game against a team with a winning record. Yeah. But he proved to me that at 12 o'clock central versus a team with a winning record, he does not win. The dude is 9 and one Oh nine and one as a Viking. When they're lose, when they're trailing in the fourth quarter, there you go. Kirk cousins. Thank you guys. And he was getting, he had a, there was a butt sack and I'm still pissed about that. The, the basically the D lineman pushed his old lineman into him. Cousins turned into his lineman and fell back. Dang near fumbled it, but he fell flat on his face. Jeez. I think the same thing happened to Baker too in that Broncos game. It was, it was, yeah. Anyway, speaking of Baker, <laughs> right. the Browns minus three. The Broncos have nothing to play for. They have a backup quarterback who came in from the University of Arkansas, Brandon Allen, that no one knew existed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't even know he played at Arkansas until they mentioned he played at Arkansas. And what did he go out there and do? Beat they tail. Ray ran the ball in their throat, and Brandon Allen was throwing passes to 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 who's that? Cortland Sutton. Sutton, Sutton out there catching them over everybody. Mm-hmm. I thought the Ray, I thought that Browns defense was going to be better than what it is, and it didn't show up. So anyway, that was that. Freddie Kitchens, yeah, my dubs. I'll give my get myself props on these. The Eagles, I knew that they were going to go out there. All they need to do is go against a bad quarterback. And they went to against a bad quarterback two weeks in a row. And Mitchell Drabisky went 10 for 21. Looked atrocious. I don't know what the Bears are going to do. But they should probably go ahead. Well, they can't trade for Andy Dalton now. But they should look at him. Or he'll go sign Kaepernick something. <laughs> um, lastly, my favorite pick of the week. And the one that I was the most hyped about was the uh, Baltimore Ravens. I knew that, they, I knew that no matter what. Bill Belichick wanted to do against them defensively that he was most likely going to either lose a close one or he was going to purposely take this L because he needed game film. And that's what I felt like he did against this Ravens team. He kind of pulled the brakes back. He did what he needed to do, but said, we're probably going to lose this game. Can't scheme for him the way I want to. We'll be prepared. We're on to Cincinnati. We'll be prepared for him in the playoffs. And that's what's going to happen to the Patriots. But Ravens did what I thought they would do. No matter what, how you try to take away the run from Lamar Jackson, he's going to take the run from you back because that's who he is. So, mm-hmm. shout out to the Ravens for that dub. So, lost in the Jags, Vikings, and Browns. One on the Eagles and the Ravens. And uh, I can't think of who it was for the Ravens, but he's built by Taco Bell. Special shout out to him on that intro. I'll talk about it on my final thoughts later. So, next up we have... Um, Mid-season awards. Yes. We're at that point, Jimmy. Uh, we are really at the midpoint of the season. It technically, was last week in, in theory, but I don't think it's really that big of a deal. But no. um, how you feeling? I'm feeling good. You know, and I, I love doing doing these awards. You know, it kind of helps to to shape sort of the perspective of what we're seeing in terms of individuals. You know, their surprises, their disappointments. Um, 
But this is really it was really interesting sitting down and thinking about, um, you know, who who would qualify, who would lead in terms of these awards, in my own personal opinion, because we've seen some things, some very interesting things, people coming out of nowhere. So, um, yeah, let's do it. Yep. All right. So uh, let's go start off with uh, Coach of the Year. Who do you think so far she's going to win Coach of the Year? Coach of the Year is Kyle Shanahan. Not because he's 8-0, but because he's, he's coaching a team that proves that they can be adaptable. They can win in multiple ways. They can win when they make five turnovers like they did against the Steelers. They can win by out-defensive scoring you like they did against your Bucks. Sorry about that. Um, they can blow you out like they did the Panthers, 51-13. They can win in you know, a multitude of ways. And to me, that's adaptability, and that adaptability comes from coaching. So Kyle Shanahan. Likewise. Mine's is because he's eight up. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> he's the biggest shocker of the of the season. And, and now toot my horn too much. I didn't think they would be this good, but you, I did say they were going to win the West. And did. I felt like this was the year because Shanahan's built for this. Shanahan is built for – He's built to coach this type of a quarterback. I mean, mm. he made Matt Ryan a freaking MVP, for God's sake. And Jimmy Garoppolo, even though he is 14-2 and two as a starter, he came from Belichick, and Belichick saw something in him. He's yeah. not perfect. He's a really good quarterback. He's not great yet, but he, mm-hmm. he, does, he does enough good things to kind of counter his bad. And wasn't he the OC for RG3 in Washington when his yes. dad was still there? Uh, yeah, when his dad was. Uh, yeah, his when, rookie when, season. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yep. And that's why RG3 got rookie of the year. That's right. So, all right. MVP. Got to chip on to the big boy. MVP, uh, as much as I want to give it to Deshaun Watson, it's not him. It's Russell Wilson. It's definitely Russell Wilson. He's 7-1. He's and one. He leads in passer rating in terms of eligible quarterbacks. Uh, he leads all quarterbacks in total touchdowns uh, with 23. Yep. He's only got one interception this season, and uh, he looks like he's mastered the position, and I think that he's started to capture the narrative away from Deshaun Watson. Lamar Jackson is kind of on his heels, yeah. but right now, especially after that performance yesterday where I think he had like five passing touchdowns against your Bucks. God, they really be teams really be teeing off on your Bucks. Teeing off. Yeah, it's Russell Wilson. Yep. Who do you think? Uh, for me, it is um, Russell Wilson. Mm. Statistically, he's up there. Um, I think it's a closer race than we think between him and, I'd say, Tom Brady. Yeah. Like, I would love to say Watson or even Lamar, but Brady statistically is looking pretty freaking amazing. And But Russell Wilson, joystick being who he is, I think he's holding it down to where he's probably going to end up winning all of it. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and, and, and this is the reason why. Now we go to the, the players of the year. We'll go real quick on these. Offense player of the year, who you got? Offensive player of the year, Christian McCaffrey. Yep. Talk about a cheat code. 100%. Carrying that team. 100%. And he's the only reason why I don't have him for MVP is that for running backs to win an MVP, you have to you have to amass a lot of statistics. Mm-hmm. The problem for them is that um, Christian McCaffrey is, is on pace to get about 1,600 rushing yards. Last MVP running back was Adrian Peterson 2000. over 2,000. So if you, you got to rush for 2,000 to get MVP considerations. Um, the lat, But Offensive Player of the Year, another running back that got it was a CJ2K. Yeah. He broke the record with uh, 2,500 yards from scrimmage, and I mm-hmm. think Christian's probably going to end up breaking that record. That okay. may help him. Okay. D of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, right now, I think it's uh, – golly. I'm going to say – Stephon Gilmore in New England Ooh. because I'm paying attention to the narrative and the narrative is he's the best lockdown corner in the league this season better than Marshawn Lattimore and anyone else you can name so I'm going to say I'm going to say uh, Stephon Gilmore especially on that defense that was historic up until yesterday but it's him wow who do you think 
Um, I'm actually uh, I'm up there with you on that. Stephon Gilmore. Yeah. Uh, defensively, he is he's up there. He, he's yeah. he's the anchor of that 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 defense and just the way they've been playing. I, I can't argue that. Like I'm trying to figure out who else. Like I was looking at Miles Garrett because of how many sacks he got. So was how, I. Exactly, and how, exactly how, how I was dominant he's been. Even Shaquille Barrett as well. Both of them, and then even Chandler Jones. Well, Chandler Jones had some big games, but he hasn't been been that dominant all season. But in between those, that's that's who I was looking at as well. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, we we should have probably reviewed how bad. Well, actually, we're not. We're about. We're probably hitting on an eighty percent clip with our predictions for the playoffs this year. I think so. Probably. I mean, I'm only off. I'm off by the Buccaneers making the playoffs. Yeah, the AFC North is wrong. I have it all flipped around, and um, that's really it. Mm-hmm. Uh, go back to the awards a second. Did you do anything for offensive player of the year? Offensive Christian rookie McCaffrey. Oh, no, I'm sorry, offensive uh, rookie. Rookie. rookie yeah. Rookies. Oh, I, I, offensive rookie is uh, Josh the Jacobs. You know. I think Gardner Minshew has a shot. Oh, no. Gardner's not going to have a shot. Here's the reason why he's got a shot. Now, I say this while understanding that when they come back from the bye, he may not even be the starting quarterback anymore. It might be Nick Foles, especially after that performance yesterday. But with Gardner Minshew, again, it's about capturing a narrative. It's about being good, but capturing a narrative. And he's got that narrative. This WWE wrestler, six-round pick (laughs) out of Washington, (laughs) comes in and wins some games. I mean, he looks pretty – he looks like a competent quarterback. He's got like 13 touchdown passes. I think he's top 10 in um, passing yards. So he's got he's got a piece of that narrative. I mean, Josh Jacobs, your boy, like like you were saying, Tulsa he, is, boy. he is really good. He will most likely win it. But I think that if Minshew keeps the starting spot and he can put up some more stats and continue that narrative, that Minshew mania, he's got a shot. What about defensive? Defensive, and that's the one that I don't have a, even a, a stronghold on at all defensively. Uh-huh. Who do you think? Probably Nick Bosa. Because I, I, yeah, I was looking at Nick and Minka Fitzpatrick. Well, see, Mink is a second year oh, player. He's though. second year. I'm sorry. Yeah. He is second year. Yeah. No, yeah, I don't. I don't have. So I'll say probably Nick Bosa because he three out of his last four games were monster games. Oh yeah, well, he was got, just, he's, just he's, dominant, he's the most made, dominant player on the field. He's made me some money. <laughs> yeah, gotta love, gotta love Nick Bosa. Yeah, go MAGA. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's wrap this bad boy up the right way, the way that we like to do it. Is um. Florida State did what they needed to do. Uh huh. Jimmy, what'd you think? Do you, do, do you think so? For everybody that don't know, Florida State has fired uh, Willie. Uh, was it Tag- Taggart? Taggart. Mm-hmm. Willie Taggart. He got the the axe only a year and a half into the job. Twenty one games. So, Jimmy, do you think that Florida State should have let him go this early? You know, normally I'm in favor of giving a coach in any sport at least two to three full years. I mean, especially in college when you talk about. Recruiting classes, getting your guys in, coaching them up, seeing what you can do with them. But I honestly think that they waited too late. I mean, after last season, that the way the team performed, they were. I mean, they performed so poorly last season that they had to know last year that this was not going to get any better. So then you go into this season and you rack up some more losses. You diminish the morale of your team, your university, amongst the fans, players, etc. So I think this probably should have happened sooner. Not because I wanted Willie Taggart to get fired per se, or. I, I just don't think – I think that sometimes you have coaches who are coordinators masquerading in coaches' clothing. Mm. And I think this is definitely what was going on with him because, I mean, he's a really good coordinator. But they knew after last season that this was not going to get any better at all. So they waited a little too late. Hats off to him for giving him time. But he should have he should have 
already have moved on. I definitely I disagree on that. I feel like they should have given him the three years, maybe even a fourth. And this is the reason why they got rid of Jimbo Fisher for a reason. And Jimbo Fisher knew that he was gone the year before. I mean, they were five and six and six and six. And remember, they had that one year they had the the, the game that was canceled because of the hurricane, yeah. which is the only reason why they made it to the bowl game. Mm. So I think they had to replace that game with somebody else weaker and were able to win that game. I mean, they. He left the cupboard bare. There was nothing there available for Willie. There was no recruits already coming in. He basically had to scrape from the bottom of the barrel of what was left over in even Florida and all surrounding to get athletes there. And what did you expect him to perform with? He didn't have anything. So he brought in some pretty good players, but he but he didn't have time to be able to build something. Now, I get why they fired him because they're impatient, but they also failed to realize that they allowed Jimbo Fisher to basically – burned them like crazy before before they hired this guy. So for Willie, it was kind of – the problem for Willie is he took a job where he was guaranteed to lose. It was like a losing situation no matter what. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I don't know. I don't So So with Florida State now, what do you think? who do you think they go for? Do you think Urban Meyer is now in the play? Oh, yeah, shoot for the stars, definitely. Uh, I think they have a tall task ahead of them if that – if that's the direction that they want to go in, because you're going to have to, I guess you could say, outbid and out-attract USC for the services of Urban Meyer. Um, so it would be difficult to see him wanting to go back to the state of Florida for Florida State, which is still a top 15 brand in college football. But when you have USC and Hollywood hanging out there and they're willing to pay you just as much money as Florida State, I don't see how they can they can beat him. So, yes, you go after him, but you need a plan B, plan C, and plan D because you're probably not going to – have plan A with Urban Meyer come through fruition because everybody's going to want him. I agree. And and the problem is, the thing is for them, I don't think USC is going to be the problem for them because I don't think the USC is going to go after Urban Meyer. You got to remember Urban Meyer has been is a walking controversy <laughs> through most of his career. I mean, from Florida. Florida has been down ever since that he left. They're slowly, finally recovering from the scandals and stuff that happened there. Ohio State, luckily... I mean, they had some issues, but they somehow got swept underneath the rug. Nobody really knows about him anymore. Right. Uh, so, but this, this, is, this is Urban Meyer's MO. He kind of makes things happen, stretches some rules, and then he disappears. But I think they're willing to live with that. If you told, if you told the administration in USC right now that, yes, there's going to be controversy, there's going to be more controversy, but the level of success that we're about to have with Urban Meyer will be parallel to that of Pete Carroll when he was here, I think that would take that deal every single time and deal with the controversy. So you are so you think that they would take that one national championship from Urban Meyer and then go back into mediocrity for six years plus get that championship stripped away? What well, am I talking about after that? I'm talking about during that time because Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. That that's the thing to think about when you bring in a person like Urban Meyer mm-hmm. is it's gonna be great for a couple of three, four years. He's going to have migraine issues. He's going to end up leaving. They're going to strip, potentially strip your national championship like they did with the Pete Carroll era, uh-huh. take away a Heisman Trophy, and then you're back to mediocrity for seven to eight years because you lose a whole bunch of uh, scholarships. Still, I mean, this is, this is USC. This is very much a Hollywood university, so you have to be able to sell this hire, whoever it is. I mean, not just to the fans, but to your boosters, too. Oh, I get so, that, yeah. I mean, they have to go after Urban Meyer. You can't bring in, hey, we like the scheme of Bill Smith, offensive coordinator at the University of Colorado. We feel like he's the right guy you can't sell that there's no juice there's no name there's no personality you have to go for urban meyer and you have to be able to live with that controversy to live with the potential that something like this might happen now do i see i mean you have to have some pretty bad luck to have 
I guess two your two last big time coaches each win a championship and it gets stripped because of violations, et cetera. So I don't think that they anticipate lightning striking twice like that again. So they're going to go after him. I don't know because, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know when you're walking controversy. It's just kind of how it is. But from there, the person you need to go after is Brian Kelly's. Go ahead and take him, pull him, get him out of his misery because I did not realize, you know, he's been at Notre Dame for 10 years. Yes. It's, it's, yeah, it feels like he's been there that long. And it's long. actually about that time. <laughs> It's about that time, dude. You need to go ahead and roll smooth out. So, mm-hmm. but wouldn't that, that kind of be a bit of a lateral move, though, to go from the brand of Notre Dame to the brand of USC? Hell no, that will be a move up. You think so? Better recruits, easier admission. Yes. Yeah. I don't know, man. No, I mean Notre Dame nationally, internationally, a uh, few cool. brands beat inter- beat Notre Dame. Cool story, bro. But how can you get people into your school? The same way you always have. No, that, that's the problem with Notre yeah, Dame. I mean, you can't I get mean, everybody in. You're not going to get like the kind of players that Alabama does because they're more lax as it pertains to that. So is USC. So you think the Notre Dame brand is lesser than the brand of USC? No, not the brand. I said the players you're going to be able to get. Mm-hmm. You can get players into school at USC. You can't get into Notre Dame. They haven't been. Uh, well, I mean, they, because their coach is, is Clay Hilton. <laughs> I don't know. I see that as a lot. Of, if Brian Kelly's going to leave, he's going to move up. And there are a few schools that he could actually move up to from Notre Dame. I feel like USC is one of those schools he can move up to. But, mm-hmm. you know, we'll have to see what happens, though. Yeah. All right, final thoughts. What you got, Jimmy? Uh, final thoughts. All right, so in yet another interview this past week, uh, on first take with Stephen A. Smith, Kevin Durant said that the altercation that he had with Draymond Green during a game, I think it was against the Clippers, where there was some choice words exchanged, and Draymond said, you know, called him a B-word. We don't need you. We can win without you. If you're not going to commit, then leave. He admitted that this factored into his decision to leave the Warriors. So him talking about this, I think two good things came from this, one bad thing came from this. The first good thing is that now Kevin Durant can spend the next three years of his career talking about all the reasons why he left the Warriors, and then he'll stop talking about all the reasons why he left Oklahoma City. So Oklahoma City Thunder fans don't have to listen to yet another interview and yet another reason why he left that, because he's going to be talking about the Warriors now. And the second thing is it's kind of poetic justice, because Draymond was the main one who manipulated him into coming to Golden State, and it's only fitting that he's the main one who pushed him into leaving. So it's kind of full circle. Those are the two good things. The one bad thing is that for the next year while he rehabs, Kevin Durant has absolutely nothing to do but keep talking about the Warriors. And that, in effect, will get old very quickly. Oh, Lord. Okay. Um, Yeah, I felt like the interview also opened shit the lights that the Golden State did not force him to come back and play. He made the choice of doing that himself. Bull hockey. So, but, but he said we argued it. about that. But he he I don't, said I don't it. care what he said. He's a liar. This is burner account, Katie. I'm not going to believe a word he said. I'm going to believe everybody else around him. So you're going to believe? So you don't believe him when he talked nope. about Draymond? No, I've already explained that. Hell no. So you don't, don't believe, believe that Draymond was a cause of him wanting to leave? That's telling me something I already know. But but you just said that you don't believe anything he says. No, to the effect of no, they didn't force me back. It's BS. So, oh, so only that one thing is that's that one thing. That you're yes, yes, to. because there's so much evidence to the to the contrary that I've already outlined on the show. No, uh, I don't believe you, him. Yeah, you claim you outlined it, but I, did. I, I think it's I totally did. Anyway, final thoughts. Shout out to uh, to to Ravens linebacker Matthew Judon. I don't know if you guys watched the game. It's all over the Twitter. Uh, when they did the introductions, you know, they say your name and where you played up. Jonathan Ogden, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Mark Ingram, Alabama. Matthew Judon, built by Taco Bell. And I died. It was awesome. It was so great. And it saved my entire night. So 
We appreciate y'all joining us as usual here on the Half a Bird Sports Show. Please check us out on our website, halfbirdsportshow.com, for all the syndications. Rate us and review us. Give us five stars. If you don't feel like we deserve five, just give us five anyway. Gift it. Gift it, baby. Gift it. Um, got a next show. Jimmy has his solo weekend show coming up Friday. He's going to give you his next Heisman watch. A lot more information and, and another opportunity for the Frozen Five to redeem itself with the five and a week. Mm-hmm. So, Check us out. Love yourself. Love your family, as Jimmy always says. We appreciate you joining us. For Mike, Bob, Winnie, thank you so much for staying up late with us, getting this bad boy together. And for my co-host, Jimmy, we will see you next week here on the Half a Bird Sports Show. Peace. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com Internet for details.